Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friend, welcome to another episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. I'm so glad that you could join me today. And on the show, I have Jennifer Dukes-Lee. She wrote a book called Love Idol. And in this episode, though, we are specifically talking about how to make this your best Christmas ever. And Jennifer shares some really practical wisdom on how to simplify the holidays and, and avoid the whole comparison trap that is so easy to fall into. I know that I struggle with that every single year. I see all these great ideas and I feel like I should do them and then I get overwhelmed and then the holidays just aren't as meaningful and enjoyable as they should be. So I love the wisdom that she shares in this episode and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it as well. I do want to say a thank you to our sponsor for this uh, month on the podcast and that's plantoeat.com. And if you go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, you can take advantage of their free 30-day trial. And then next week is their huge 50% off a yearly subscription sale that they have every year on Black Friday, which in the U.S. is the day after Thanksgiving. And it's just a big time when retailers have sales. So I highly recommend you going and checking out their site, getting that free 30-day trial, and then you can take advantage of that 50% off subscription, and it doesn't start till after your 30-day trial expires. So you get that whole 30-day trial, and then you get 50% off for your whole entire year. It's such a fantastic deal, and honestly, it comes at the perfect time with all the holiday cooking and everything that we have coming up. So Head over to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, watch my little video, and sign up for their free trial. Now, like I said, I know it's getting to that holiday season and that you have a ton on your plate. And honestly, I know there's also a lot of um, sickness going around right now, a lot of kids with the flu. I have a sweet little one home today with me, which is actually, I don't know if this is bad, I kind of like it when my kids are homesick because then we watch movies and we cuddle, and it's actually kind of fun, but I won't say that to their teachers. (laughs) But whether or not um, the holidays are a busy time for you right now or right now you're just kind of getting ready for it all, I really hope that this episode is an encouragement to you and lifts off uh, a burden from you and frees you up to really focus on the most life-giving and peaceful parts of this wonderful time of year. So without any further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Jennifer Dukes-Lee. Hey, Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kat. Uh, you know, for everybody listening, I first want to make the disclaimer that Jennifer and I are not related. <laughs> you might think so, because my name is Catley and her name is Jennifer Lee, but we are in fact, well, I guess as far as I know, we're not related. I don't think so. But uh, it is very unusual, actually, for me to meet another Lee that isn't, well, I'm Asian, but my husband, whose last name it is, isn't Asian. Is your husband Asian? He is not. Okay. Okay. He is Norwegian. (laughs) Okay. Well, then I don't even, my husband isn't sure what they are. His family comes from, or his grandpa's side of the family 
is from South Carolina is as far as they've traced it. So I don't know. They could be related because it's not super duper common. Actually, when he was a freshman at Baylor, his very first, like one of the first weeks there, he got a knock on his dorm room door. And there's this group of guys from the Chinese Student Association with this big welcome basket. (laughs) And he answered the door and they're like, oh, yes. So... It's We've had that at reservations at, at a Chinese restaurant they, when we get there. Well, we expected you to be Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, my maiden last name is is a very convoluted, hard to say Dutch name because my dad's family was Dutch. And so to uh, to switch to Lee may, kind of validates my Asian roots. And I finally feel like I, I am Asian and my last name actually sounds Asian. So it's been... <laughs> Pretty fun. Um, but I would love for you, Jennifer, to just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and where you guys live. Sure. Um, I'm Jennifer and my husband is Scott. Um, he is a farmer in Northwest Iowa. We farm here and we're raising corn, soybeans, pigs, an occasional calf, an occasional sheep, a lot of cats and two humans. <laughs> And the humans have names. Um, Lydia is almost 13. I'm almost the mother of a teenager. And Anna is 10. Well, your girls are about the same age as mine. I have a 12-year-old who will be 13 this summer, next this Mm -hmm. next summer, and I have a 10-year-old as well. So wonderful. And you you have a blog and you are an author as well. Tell us a little bit about, about those. Sure. I have been blogging since about 2009. I've, I've actually been writing since I was 16 years old, mostly for newspapers and magazines. I, I got a, um, a degree in journalism and taught journalism for a number of years after my news career ended when we moved up here to the farm. And um, many year, for many years, I didn't write at all. I uh, was going through a spiritual journey, and the only writing that I really did was in a journal trying to sort out some things in my life. And those journals eventually led to a blog, jenniferdukeslee.com. And then that blog eventually led to a book that really centered on um, one of the key issues that seemed to touch on readers' hearts the most when I was writing all those blog posts for so many years. And that book came out in March of this year, and it's called Love Idol. And Love Idol is about letting go of uh, the approval that we want from people and resting in the approval that we already have in God. And there's just a movement of women across the nation. And we're saying to each other and to ourselves and to our children that we are pre-approved, which means that we have nothing to prove that we are already approved in Christ, that so much of the expectations that we put on ourselves or that culture puts on us, um, you know, throughout the year and especially at Christmas, which Mm -hmm. is coming up, um, that we put all these expectations on ourselves and so much of it is rooted in um, in approval or wanting to please people or to get it right. And this book is, you know, just an invitation to let that go and really to rest in the approval of God. So, so good. You know, I did an interview, um, I guess, last week with a girl named Jeannie Cunyon and her book is called Parenting the Wholehearted Child. And she described The phrase wholehearted child is that a a wholehearted child is a child who walks in the freedom of knowing that they are wholeheartedly loved 
and liked by God. And so I just love how your book kind of builds on that idea and how we as women are pre-approved. We are known and wholeheartedly loved and liked by God. And I think that is so important in this holiday season. Absolutely. I mean, this really comes down to identity. And and by the way, I love Jeannie's book. I have the book and I'm friends with Jeannie and oh, fun. Just highly recommend that. Um, and our books really do have that same core message of identity and wholeheartedness. And especially going into the Christmas season, I mean, when we feel half-hearted, when we don't feel wholehearted, it's those feelings of not enough, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the things that we look at our lives or our Christmas and think, I'm just not measuring up, I'm not doing it like she's doing it, or even that I'm not Christian enough in my Christmas, that, you know, some of my friends are only give two gifts each to their children. I'm probably still going overboard or, or feeling guilty <laughs> because, like, maybe you actually like to set up the Christmas tree and, and send out Christmas cards and make your house look like a Clark Griswold kind <laughs> of bed. And, you know, I think it's really just about finding balance and, and, and not doing things to, you know, feed our identity, but doing things to really, you know, feed our worship of the Lord. Like mm-hmm. what is bringing me closer to Jesus in this season? Mm-hmm. That's so good. You know, I, I heard this statistic the other day. I, I did a Strengths Finders test. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's like a personality test. And um, I think I shared this this one statistic on the podcast a couple weeks ago. But I have new statistics because I can be a little nerdy sometimes. So I, I shared the fact that um, for any Strengths Finders has 34 different personality um, talents. They call them talent themes that people typically have. And the odds of any other person besides yourself having the same top five is, and don't have the exact numbers, but it's like one in 230,000, something like that. The odds of any other person having them, the top five in the same order are one in 33 million. Mm -hmm. And the odds of any other person having all 34 in the same order are it's it's one in a number that has 36 zeros behind it. Mm-hmm. And so the the thinking was that in all of history and in the entire existence of the earth God created you and I very intentionally and uniquely and purposefully to yes. do something in particular in this world and in the great scheme of his plans. And so I loved that fact so much. I had to do more research. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know, well, how long, and this is all according to scientists, I'm not talking about evolution or creation. So at the very largest scope, how long, um, how many people have ever existed? And according to scientists and Dr. Google, um, in, in, since the beginning of time, there have been 107 billion people. And then I thought, okay, well, that's not even close to a number that has 36 zeros behind it. So then I thought, well, then how much longer, you know, is Earth going to be around, according to scientists? And they said the Earth will possibly burn out and and be too hot for human existence um, within 1.75 billion years. And they also said that according to whatever their science is, that the Earth has been around for 5 billion years. I'm not arguing that point or discussing that point, but just the fact that um, even on the best day, the Earth's not going to ever have, theoretically, more than 200 billion people, which is infinitesim- infin- 
whatever that word is. It's like (laughs) just just a super small fraction of that number with 36 zeros behind it, which means that truly there has been and never will be another person just like you. And God made you to fill a certain hole, to accomplish a certain person and to a purpose and to be a certain way. And so when we look at Christmas and we look at this cookie cutter thing that somebody else does, God made them to do that. But that doesn't mean that he made you to do that because he did not make us all the same. And he wants you to thrive and live in your gifts and in the very incredibly detailed way that he made you. And he doesn't want you to copy someone else. Mm -hmm. And I just found that to be so freeing as we approach this season of, you know, Pinterest saying that Christmas looks exactly like this. Yes, that is powerful, Kat. I love it because, you know, when we get to heaven too, God isn't going to say to me, wow, Jennifer, you did a really great job being Kat. (laughs) Right. You made it pretty convincing, Michelle. (laughs) He wants to say to me, Jennifer, I am so glad that I made that you lived out the life of Jennifer that I asked you to live. And that's in the big things like our callings as as parents or in, in our daily work, whatever that looks like. But it's also in the little things like how we interact with people in our daily lives and in our celebrations and in our holidays and and just letting our own best selves come out in those. You know, I mean, I, I'm a horrible baker. I, <laughs> I have tried many times to make my grandmother's wonderful sugar cookies on Christmas, but that's something that I just can't do. But my Christmas tree is beautiful and I love it. And it's a reflection of my love for Jesus. And, you know, I just think that that this, this year, Kat, for all of us, for all of the listeners on the other side of these words today, that this could be the year that we just declare, you know what, this is the year of of no guilt. Mm. And and that, you know, there's somebody probably listening right now thinking they're doing it all wrong. And and that if they were a better Christian, that they would do Christmas better. You know, we can get down on ourselves thinking that because we do buy presents for the kids or do we, that we do love decorating because we do love the Christmas carols and the hot cocoa and the blinking lights that some somehow that that we have misordered or disordered priorities. But but God is saying, you know, I think he's saying to us, you make lists. Jennifer, you make you make a list of to do's every week. You make a list. You make gift lists at Christmas. Why don't you make a list of ordered priorities this Christmas? And so mm. what if we all did that? We made a list. And at the top of that list, uh, we had a guiding principle, right? That could be the first thing we did this Christmas is when we make a list, we have a guiding principle. So maybe that guiding principle for me is say to seek true rest and contentment in Jesus. So then I would look at all the things I do at Christmas and, you know, I'd look at the cards, the decorations and the gifts, and I would look at that list through the prism of my guiding principle. Maybe my guiding principle is to reconnect with loved ones in a meaningful way. And so maybe I look at, you know, the Christmas cards I send out. Is this a meaningful way for me to do this this year? Or, or can I just give that up and maybe just connect through social media or an email or some other way? Or that I, you know, not connect with 150 people on my Christmas 
card list, but I really connect with the ones that are right here in my own home. So like finding that guiding principle and then looking at all the aspects of your Christmas and looking at it through the prism of the guiding principle. You know, it could be as straightforward as my guiding principle is to celebrate the birth of Christ, considering that's what Christmas is about. (laughs) And so you think, okay, this month is Jesus party. And how am I going to celebrate him? How does my decorating achieve that? How does my baking achieve that? How do, how do my service and volunteer projects achieve that? The fact that this is Jesus party. And so I think that can help each of us, you know, bring our own gifts and our desires to the table at Christmas time. Jennifer, that is fantastic. I mean, I love that just gives such focus to it and it allows us and gives us the permission to say no to the other things that don't have anything to do with that guiding principle. And yeah. I think f- uh, permission and freedom is something that we need so much um, in this season because a lot of times we do all kinds of things and rush around and when really all we need is just the grace that he came to give us and what this season is all about, but we don't live within it. And so I think that's so good because, you know, otherwise we can hear all the different voices that say, well, I need to do this and I need to do that. Um, but if we have that one simple guiding principle. Yes, um, that that it all comes back to and that we filter everything through. Right. It can bring such peace. It can. You know, I mean, for most women I know, we can so easily get our priorities out of order, like even just in, in July or, or February or September. And, you know, we feel this need to please and get people's approval and that we have so many tasks to complete. We have mouths to feed and, and people to diaper. <laughs> and, you know, we sink into bed at night just weary. And all of that just gets ramped up to a new level at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so, December, our Decembers feel like Narnia, right? When it was always winter, but never Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a time where we're keeping up with the Joneses at a whole new level. And it can get terribly out of whack. We over overspend our energy. We overspend our checking accounts. And in our hearts, we don't want that. We, I don't know a woman who wants a big box Christmas. Every woman I want and know wants, every woman I know wants the truest Christmas, right? That first Christmas, the heart Christmas. No woman I I know really wants, you know, everything to be Instagrammable. I mean, well, we kind of (laughs) do. But in our heart of hearts, in the part that where God made us, we, we want everything for our heart, not for our stocking. And so I just feel like, you know, if we have that guiding principle, we can figure that out. And again, for some people, that might mean, you know, an extravagant meal. Um, I know I I have a friend who's my neighbor and um, she loves she's been a Pinterest girl before Pinterest existed. You know, it's just one (laughs) of those people who had who, who loves to decorate and they have a designing kind of skills that are just make me ooh and ah. And she does it because she truly loves to celebrate people. And that's her way of celebrating birthdays, of celebrating anniversaries, and probably of celebrating Christmas. But that doesn't mean that our Christmas is going to be Instagrammable. I think it's just resting in, in like you said, the way that God created you to be, one in a gazillion, gazillion, gazillion people, um, that we bring our gifts and our unique abilities to our Christmas and to bless our families mm-hmm. and to celebrate the Lord. You know, one thing that I'm working on doing is um, I'm just coming up with a list. So I've talked about this before, but in 
economics, there's a principle called Pareto's principle, and that's saying that 20% of a population brings in 80% of the income. And so that's often applied to productivity, saying that 20% of what we do brings 80% of the benefits, but yet we spend a lot of time on that 80%. But if we just focused really on that 20%, we would get so much more of the benefits. And so I've tried to look at that a little bit at um, the holidays because I'm not a baker so much. I'm not a decorator. Like my brain just doesn't work um, under the paradigm of, oh, let me get out this big box of stuff and put it all over my house only to take it down and put it away again in in four weeks. Mm-hmm. My brain just thinks that's impractical and I just don't operate that way. And so, so I've been trying to think through, okay, what are the top five things that mean the most to me this holiday season? And then asking my husband and my kids, okay, what are the top five things that um, really draw you to Jesus over the holiday, that help you enjoy the holiday, and then just kind of paring those down and making a little family list. And then those are the things that I want to focus on because it is so easy to want to make everybody else's Christmas great and then at the expense of the family that I live with. Absolutely. And I I don't want to do that. Um, um, So how do we... How do we do all this? How do we just say no to stuff? How do we not let all of the voices? Mm. You know, I think, you know, as I was thinking about this, I think one of the most important things that we can do is what you're saying is to talk talk to your family about what means the most to you about Christmas. And I think that oftentimes they will be the very small things, mm. the little things that we do to make people feel loved in our family and in our com- communities. And I think it's important that we not disregard the small and simple things. Because, you know, when you think of it, Jesus, you know, baby, savior of the world comes as a baby. It's just a reminder that beauty is in the smallest things. And one example for our family that we do every year, it's a tradition that, you know, I feel like it's kind of getting lost, but it's Christmas caroling. We Mm. love to go Christmas caroling. And we are a part of a small country church that I can see from my kitchen window small congregation and we love to go door to door. And um, last year we went door to door and it was, it was getting late and we wanted to stop to one more place, lots of children and, and adults. And we wanted to stop to, at this place where there was a widow, uh, a woman, and she came to the door and she was in her nightgown and it was late. And I would, I was worried. I thought, Oh no, we've woken her up. And she was in her nightgown with, with her walker and she says, no, that's okay. I wouldn't have wanted to miss this for the world. Mm. And, and we were like five notes into the first verse of Away in a Manger. And she just started to cry. And she said to one of the other singers, can I sing with you? And we were, said, oh, yes, of course you can, can, can sing with us. And so here was this woman, old, frail, leaning over her walker and dabbing tears with the back of her hand while we just sang together the simplest song. And I'll tell you what, that is a moment when it felt like Christmas came down straight out of heaven and curled up in my heart. And my daughters felt the same way. That old woman crying, frail, bent, small, she made us all know how much Jesus loves us and how he never stops loving us. And it was just this tiny brush with some something sacred. It didn't take any more than the gas that it took to drive into town, any more than, you know, a few minutes of our time to bless somebody with a song. 
And I, I really just, I think of that often when I think about the small, simple things, the, the way that we're able to bless others with those small, simple things, but to be blessed so much in return mm-hmm. by sharing those holy moments together. Man, I'm crying. <laughs> that is so powerful. And it's, oh, it's one of those things that's so easy to overlook in the midst of all the holiday marketing and everything. And not saying that there isn't a place for fun and presents and things like that, but it's so easy to forget that the things that can sometimes feel small or even awkward um, end up being the places where there are the sweetest and most precious gifts. Um, Wow, you've made me. I totally want to take my kids and friends caroling this year. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. And it feels sort of awkward at first because people just don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I was looking at some statistics and it was like less than 10% of people consider that a thing to do on Christmas anymore. Because I'm kind of laughing that there are even statistics (laughs) on Christmas caroling. I was like looking at statistics beforehand. That's (laughs) all the time growing up. And, you know, we live in a small town. We don't even have a grocery store in our town. And so I know everybody who's behind every door and we know their stories for the most part and their hurts and I don't know. I just, I think that when we figure out what the yeses and the nos are that we're going, that we're always going to have every time at this, this time of the year, I think the most important thing to remember about the yeses and the nos is that Christmas is Jesus saying his unflinching yes for us. Mm-hmm. He's saying, you know, yes, I will leave the comfort of heaven for a life filled with heartache and pain and my death on a cross, this is the passion of Christ for us. And this is, you know, (laughs) this is Jesus stepping straight out of heaven, straight off the pages of scripture and into, you know, the broken Narnia winter. He's the central figure of it all. And, you know, no matter what's going on in our lives, he understands us. He understands what it's like to be busy. That's why he was always going off to (laughs) be alone with God. You know, he needed those times. And so I think that we need to build that in very intentionally into our Decembers. Do as Jesus did. I mean, Jesus also, he understands our grief. There's people on the other side of this podcast right now that are just heavy in grief. They've lost someone. And, And that's when we look to Jesus and how he shows up at the tomb of Lazarus weeping, you know, like we weep at Christmas, Jesus wept, you know, for those of us who feel misunderstood at Christmas, we look at our Savior who knows what it means to be misunderstood. Do you remember those verses, Kat, in the Bible where it says that his relatives thought he was out of his mind? Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of us are going to Christmas gatherings this year and thinking, oh, my family thinks I'm crazy. I just don't fit in. You know, it's just every everything that we face at Christmas, whether it's busyness, whether it's trying to figure out to say what yes or no to, whether we've been betrayed, whether we have pain, that is the actual Christmas, not the Hallmark Channel Christmas or the Pinterest Christmas. But whether you're having a holly jolly Christmas or the bluest of blue Christmases, <laughs> Jesus is the only part of it that will ever be unchanging and utterly life-saving. And so, you know, as I think about the, the women or men uh, that are on the other side of this, that, you know, we would just remember that, that he stepped off the page and into the heart of it, into the heart of us. And that can be the prism that we, that we examine our Christmases through. That's so beautiful. And, and, you know, when you, when you say that, when you talk about him stepping out of the comfort of heaven, mm-hmm. it makes me think about how you went up to that 
widow's home. And, um, you know, it's always awkward to Christmas Carol and to ring the doorbell and you were unsure of how she would feel about it or whether or not you woke her up. But I think when we choose to, um, to follow his lead and to step into those places of discomfort that, um, we get what Hallmark and Pinterest are trying to sell to us that they can never provide. Um, when we are the hands and feet of Jesus and step out of our comfort into those awkward places and to, to give and to love and to serve other people. That's when we get that thing that gifts or trees, you know, all of that is great. All of, all of our Christmas traditions are, are great. I know a lot of people feel one way or the other about them, but I think ultimately um, it sounds cheesy, but really Christmas happens in our hearts. And if, Absolutely. you know, we could, we could be in the most beautiful house, we could have the best presents, but if it's not happening in our heart, then it's not going to, you know, give that feeling that we're looking for and we're trying to make it happen on the outside. And so as we um, just really receive what you're talking about, receiving the love and forgiveness and acceptance that he gives to us, and then when we also give that out to other people, man, that 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 isn't marketable, no. but it's the only thing that's going to, um, it's really what we're ultimately, what we're ultimately looking for and what ultimately satisfies. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I I think so too. I think if we just continue to remind ourselves every day, whose party is this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whose birthday is this? You know, why, you know, why did Jesus come? You know, this Christmas story that begins in, in a manger in a small way that goes 33 years and, and comes to this cross, which, you know, fulfills a purpose, but that it doesn't end there either, that his Holy Spirit lives within us and that we are called to go out into the world and spread that love with people. And what better time than at Christmas? Mm-hmm. What a, you know, it doesn't, you know, another statistic. <laughs> <laughs> I love statistics. <laughs> Even most people with no religious affiliation say they celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has become a secularized holiday, but it's still a very real opportunity for us to to present Jesus in a very real and loving way to people in our lives, whether they believe what we believe or not, but just to be Jesus mm-hmm. to people. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's pretty safe to say that that's what Jesus wants of us to do. Go and make disciples and go and just show people me through your lives and whatever that looks like. Well, absolutely. And you know, it's kind of like even if we, when we go to Christmas parties, I don't know about you, but I can sometimes head into a Christmas party feeling very insecure. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see Miss Perfect and I'm going to feel silly or I'm not wearing the right thing or I'm not dressed, you know, in, in the correct ugly Christmas sweater outfit or <laughs> I don't have a very good white elephant gift, you know, just all the little insecurities <laughs> that we can have. But if we just flip that around and say, you know what, I am choosing to at least fake it till I make it. And whether whether I'm focused on myself right now or not, I'm choosing to say, okay, God, who do you have for me to encourage? And that maybe that there's that one person that intimidates us. Well, then I'm just going to, on my way over there, I'm just going to be like, God, I just pray so much for perfect Patty. <laughs> I pray yeah. that, you know, that you, whatever insecurity she might have, I pray that you would meet them. I pray that she would know your love and your acceptance. I ask that you would help me to encourage her and, and to speak um, life over her and to be a blessing to her tonight. You know, and just just being, like you said, being Jesus to people and, and not allowing the enemy to 
make us focus on ourselves and on our own enjoyment at the party. But when we turn that around and we focus then on other people and how we can be used by God in their lives, even at a Christmas party, even at a white elephant gift exchange or a ugly Christmas sweater party, um, that he can use us powerfully even in those situations. Um, yes. Man, that just can change our entire outlook on the whole event and definitely pretty much eradicates insecurity when, yes. when we turn our hearts around like that. You know, and that, so that maybe, Kat, this could be the year of the pre-approved Christmas, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. we that we know in our hearts that we are pre-approved because if, if we if we start to say that word to ourselves that we are pre-approved, it begins to change our hearts. When we change our words, we change our hearts. And when we change our hearts, we can change our world. We no longer interact with people at Christmas parties or in the carpool lane or wherever with the expectation that I need their approval. Instead, we're loving them from our approval. Mm. So we love from our approval in Christ rather than for the approval of people. And it frees us up to really love in a, in a, in a selfless, pre-approved way that blesses people and doesn't give us a chance to really think about our own insecurities. I love the example of Perfect Patty that you gave. <laughs> You know, my friend Sally, who worked at Day Spring. Um, oh, I, I know Sally. Oh, Sally. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful person who exemplifies this. But she said that her dad taught her that there were two kinds of people who walk into the room and they're either the kind of people that say, here I am, or they're the kind of people who come into a room and say, there you are. Mm. Somebody who comes up to you and is so interested in what's going on in your life as to say, there you are. I care about you. You're important. You're one in a gazillion, gazillion, gazillion people. And it's it's a very freeing way to live. And that's just one of many things I learned from Sally. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I need that on a print somewhere. <laughs> I need that probably just labeled to the steering wheel of my car. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so great. I love that. Um, okay. So Jennifer, yes, I've loved chatting with you and I would love for everybody listening to know more about your book and learning more about how they are pre-approved. Where can people find that? Where can they find you online? My blog is jenniferdukeslee.com. That's, uh, Jennifer Dukes, D-U-K-E-S-L-E-E.com. <laughs> Um, the book is available on, uh, you know, kind of everywhere books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all those places. I have some information about it at loveidolbook.com. And uh, I would just love to connect with people on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. I love to hear how, you know, what God's doing in people's lives. I really like to connect with readers and new sisters in Christ. So for the mom who is wrapping up her Christmas shopping or finishing frantically cleaning before family comes over, whatever it is she might be doing, what's one encouragement that you would give to her before she dives back into getting her kids and and the fray of the holidays? Well, first of all, just, just to really lean into that guiding principle and not to let guilt run your life. You know, don't let the enemy rob your joy this Christmas by scissoring through your Christmas with sharp edges of guilt. You are doing it. That's what I want to say to that woman. You're doing it. You're doing Christmas right. You're okay. You're right there, you know, decorating your cookies for your daughter's third grade Christmas party, wrapping presents that you know are going to make sparks fly on Christmas morning and putting together blessing baskets for your neighbors, setting the manger scene just so on the mantle. 
lighting the candles and whispering prayers and singing carols as the moon rises up over a roof somewhere. And just to, just to really, you know, just value all of those small things that you are doing it well and you're doing it beautifully just the way that God made you. I love it. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. And um, I hope that you have an enjoyable Iowa afternoon. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and bless you this Christmas and all throughout the year, Kat. Thank you, Jennifer. Bye-bye. So what's your guiding principle for this holiday season? What are the most important aspects of the holiday that will help you to keep your life simple and your heart focused on what's going to matter the most? I encourage you to, to really take time to figure that out and to write those things down and keep those front and center during this busy season so that you don't get overwhelmed by all the things, but you can focus on the most important things. Y'all, I'm thankful for you. And I really am thankful that you take the time to listen today. I hope this episode has encouraged you. And I want you to know that I am praying for you. As I record these episodes, I I pray for you guys, each one of you listening. And I'm so thankful for the investment that you're making into your children and into your families. You are doing a great work. And out of all of the existence of the earth, God made you in a very particular way to do a very particular work. And it is so vital and so important what you do every day matters more deeply than you'll ever know. And I'm thankful for you. So thank you for joining me today on this podcast. And if you get a chance, I'd love it if you would head over to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. Watch my video, sign up for their free trial and watch your meal planning get a whole lot easier. (laughs) Well, I'm off to go watch Parent Trap with my little poor sick child and um, hopefully eat some snacks. I hope you have an amazing, amazing day today. And we'll see you next week. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. Gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a God.